We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, coming to you on a Sunday like normal. Look at this, getting back to the normal schedule. It feels nice. Plenty of boxing and MMA to talk about today. You guys are living under the rock if you didn't see Javante Davis and Lomachenko's huge performances on Saturday night. Also, we have Julio Cesar Martinez talk about. We have to talk about PFL in terms of MMA. Kayla Harrison, Anthony Pettis over there. Um, Cyril Gagne in the UFC making me eat my words for my prediction last week. So plenty to talk about in combat sports space. One thing we're not talking about, well, specifically, because I guess we're talking about it. Neither of us, because our pack Saturday, got to watch Bow Wow versus soldier boy speak for yourself you watch i wasn't i wasn't gonna watch that shit anyway it had nothing oh. to do with us having a packed weekend i was <laughs> never gonna watch it i was so excited for a second i was like wait you watched that are you nuts i wasn't watching that shit sir you got a full setup you got like three tvs you have airpods your phone your ipad you could have had it on something Doug, no, I had zero interest in Bow Wow and Soldier Boy. And plus, I had fights on all three screens. Every, every, I had the zone. Yeah, I don't care. I had no zero interest in that. And people were like, oh, you're no fun. Okay. I'll be that. That shit wasn't my vibe. Like, it was some people was like, oh, it's because you're old. No, there's rappers that are younger than both Bow Wow and Soldier Boy today that I like. Has nothing to do with age. Few has and far between. It has it has uh few and far between what? Rappers younger than Bow Wow and Soldier Boy that you like. Dude, Tyler the Creator's album is fucking amazing. Oh shit, I forgot how young Tyler is. Tyler is like 29, right? 30? 31. Okay. 31? How old is Bow Wow? Bow Wow's gotta be like at least 32, 33 these days. You can look at Yeah, it up. I was about to say he's like my age. They're yeah. I feel like they're both like my age, like 30 yeah. to 30. So it ain't got nothing to do with that. It's that I was never a fan of Soldier Boy. And look, I just I never liked that music. Oh, I never Bow liked that one. Yeah, see what I'm saying? It ain't got nothing to do with age. It's just I don't like their music. Period. Bow Wow, I don't even know what he writes. 
Wow. Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy is 30 years old. Yeah. So he is younger than Tyler. Oh, well, I ain't listening to none of that shit. No, thank you. <laughs> Zero interest. Like, why would I listen to a battle of a bunch of songs that I don't like? Maybe, uh, let me think. Oh, I think they like me remix. I, like, I don't want to hear Bounce With Me. No, but Fresh As I'm Is, fire. Still. I don't hear that. Then Romeo came out. Like I was looking on social media, and Romeo came out. And they were talking about you know, uh, Bow Wow's Jordan, and I'm Cope. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> like stop, <laughs> cut it out. Romeo legit got three songs, and I, I can't even name them. I just I'm know the- he did that uh, CCDC commercial. That's all I know. <laughs> Yo, let the man try to go back to college. <laughs> no. <laughs> You go and play ball at USC didn't work out too well. Let no. the guy try to get his his uh his degree on. No, See, man. <laughs> no. Just hate all Romeo. Really, they could have it could have been like a a triple threat versus like the first triple threat versus and giving them each like 12 songs. And it probably Romeo, worked out better. No, Romeo would have not we wouldn't have got out of the second round. What's he gonna do after that? I don't know. What? He has to have features on something. What are the names of his songs? Yo, he had some joint when Bow Wow and him were like young, like 12. Names. I, I don't know any exactly. Romeo song. I just said, I know he got three. I just don't know what the three are. <laughs> um, <laughs> Damn, he got Come a on, song man. called My Cinderella. He's releasing music as early as 2019, by the way. So? Some, some called My Baby. Y'all like, don't know yo, any of these songs, right? Like that's that's problematic. I'm trying to like really back Romeo. Um, oh, little can't. Romeo, but I don't know any of his songs. That's no, why man, he just had can't. a guest appearance. I guess his number one hit was called "My Baby." I don't remember that. Me, sure it was on 106 in Park, but I don't remember. He need he has a song called "I Need Dubs" with Master P. Don't remember that. Little soldiers need love too. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, you know, in a song called Girlfriend. Uh, shit, I don't... I, uh, it's not deep. They don't have a best of Lil' Romeo on Apple Music. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> that's that's what you know it's bad. There's no playlist. There's nothing like that for Lil' Romeo. But all that being said, you were definitely the old man curmudgeon just for not even checking it out. I, I will admit, I haven't watched it yet at the time of this recording, but I followed it a little bit on Twitter while I was covering the fights and I was at the fight and I'm going to go back and watch it. Have fun. <laughs> and I think I'll score it round by round like every other versus. Come on. On top, look, I don't even like their music, but I'm pretty sure that Bow Wow watched them. Yeah, I mean, turn my swag on. The Soldier Boy Town, like the Yule shit. There's only like four, yeah, three or four that Soldier Boy can really pull up. Yeah, um, Bow Wow, the beneficiary of Jermaine Dupri, man. Bow Wow managed to be everywhere. So everywhere and nowhere at the same time because he's had like a career. And I know like there's a certain, you know, people that liked him, but. Yeah. You weren't one of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel like most of them were teenage girls at the time. So yeah, just you just get a pass. No, I didn't. I didn't like any of that shit. Yeah, I just didn't. So 
and tell you this much. What I saw in the timeline is this woman getting roasted heavy. Like, uh, shout out All to right. AJ. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. It was Sonia. I've known Sonia for 14 years. I know exactly who it was. You know the most obscure people. When she's uh, not obscure, she wrote for Double XL. Like she used to be when a Jamila started like trending. You're like, oh, I know the GoFundMe. Yeah. It's like, yo, you know everybody. I mean, it's part of the industry, but yeah. So I've known Sonia since yeah, 14 years. She was a publicist first, and then after my stint at BET, she started being a journalist. She's written for Double XL. She's written for Source. She's written for Billboard. She's written. For, she's written for everybody. Oh but, damn. People she still got roasted. <laughs> yeah, she got. I mean, she got fucking clobbered. Just go ahead and say what the tweet was, so we can we can get to it. All right. So, in her tweet, she says, "BET's 106 and Park does not get enough credit for the stars that they created." Now, she said, "We, we, we didn't, we didn't." Uh, Recognize what we had or something like yes, that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Listen, I can find the exact tweet. I just put the notes here. 106 and Park really made a whole generation of stars. We didn't appreciate it when it was happening. Yeah. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And people are like, one, <laughs> most of the benches, the top joints, are like, we, we. And then there's a bunch of shit to say, like, black people been up on this. So, like, then she got roasted. But I guess she was in the industry. So that that should not apply to her. But people don't care about credentials. At all. At, at all. They don't care that she's involved in music. She ran for all this stuff. But they hit her with the Fresh Prince, Uncle Phil, we video. Laughing. That shit had me in tears. But yeah. even past that, it's just like, it's false because in the moment that shit was huge i think what she was trying to say was at the time we didn't recognize the stars that were being made on that show at that particular time because they ended up being around for a really long time the problem is the word we and knowing that she's indian you know she's a dark-skinned indian people were like who the fuck is we i loved 106 in park right like so many people watched 106 in park and, and loved it but TRL was dominating everything in terms of the mainstream at the time. Yeah. But the black community, that's all we did was watch 106 Park. Even though I thought the shit was terrible, I didn't like TRL either. But I won't say it was terrible. I'll say, I guess working at BET really fucked, ruined me because <laughs> I've just seen a lot of shit. Um, but, you know, all the music that I like never was on 106 Park. I had to wait for Rap City. And, oh yeah, yeah. You know, and, and even clutch. and even Rap City, right? Yeah, everybody loved the basement, but there was a time like where Rap City with like Joe Claire and Rap City. Uh, damn, did Prince DeJour host Rap City? I know he hosts the Team Summit, but when Tigger got on, it was cool. But the the music changed. It was very reflective of what was on the radio. When Once Upon a Time, it was like the Roots and like Common. You ain't get that shit on Rap City anymore. It was it was completely different, but. 106 apart, it'd be the same goddamn 10 videos for a fucking month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was fan voted. So if they kept them up there, hey, they kept hey, them up hey, there. Hey, hey, no, it wasn't. 
What? Oh, inside information. <laughs> oh, oh, in inside baseball right now. <laughs> Are wasn't you totally. saying that me texting every day the stupid code would not vote for my favorite video? Look, what? Look, look I'm gonna tell you. Just I'm gonna tell y'all one. This is funny because I don't know how far this is gonna get, and I don't care. So when I was there, uh, I believe what was it? Was it Jim Jones or was it Q-Tip? I'm trying to remember who it was because the same thing happened with both of them. It might have been Q-Tip. Shit. I don't remember who it was. One of them came to the office. New video. Went saw my boss. I was there. I think Raekwon was there that day too. Raekwon came to my office. We were talking. Just shooting shit. Either I'm pretty sure it was Q-Tip, but I'm not 100% sure because I can't remember what song it was at the time. Came in, dropped off his new song. Now, usually when, when they used to come to the office, they, you know, people didn't email their music. They would actually come to the office. And pretty sure it was Q-Tip having a song, a single, something. And uh, he wanted, you know, he was like, oh, I want to submit it. See if I can get in one of six part. And I remember the conversation was like, tell Q-Tip no, he can't get on, but we can do a walk-on on 106 in part, which means, you know, walk-on, show up, they do the interview, whatever. Yeah. And maybe they could premiere the video, whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is how it happened. Jim Jones was like, he came in. I didn't talk to Jim that day. I just remember the meeting. And they were like, oh, I just put him in the number 10 spot today. I was like, what? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Just because he dropped it, it had nothing, nobody voted for it. <laughs> it just ended up in the number 10 spot. And then it was never seen again. It was just a one day thing to get like, dude, payola in the radio. It happened with videos, too. It like there would people would call and then, you know, I was just sitting in on all those one and six apart meetings because I was doing a lot of dot com stuff, which it sounds like it makes sense. Yes, we would get the votes to dot com, too. But I know that they would kind of gauge what was being they would move things around. But trust me, that shit was not reflective of what people were voting for breaking my 15 14 year old heart right there look at that my vote didn't count it's a damn shame what did you vote for oh i used to vote for like anything where people got shot so like mad 50 cent videos i'm sorry what <laughs> yeah like um wangsta was on there constantly Ooh, um boy. there was uh again <laughs> oh what was his name poster boy had a single for a second uh yeah there wasn't a video to jurassic harlem but i vote for like post boy because he was from foster he had a single for a second anything like you know d block related i was voting for like mad styles p shit how much of that shoot made like it on 106 park no nothing besides styles p i get high anything jada kind of made it for a while yeah um 50 cent after he got hot but i was voting for wingster like before that shit was dope Look, and then Wangster wouldn't be played. It'd be played on Rap City only. Um, I voted for a lot of Luda, though. Like, if I right. had to vote, if I had the time, I was a real big Luda fan. And, like, you know, the, the real big production Luda videos. Uh, looks like I got a midget hanging from my necklace. That yeah, shit. Yeah. Vote. Like, yeah, yeah, that was it. Just because I, I was a kid. I thought texting was fucking dope. I had a two-way. There's only so much you could do with a two-way back then. <laughs> Not everyone had texting <laughs> and text messages. And then you got to wait until seven o'clock to call people. 
or was it yeah, seven no. or nine o'clock, whatever it was, but you got to wait dumb late at the time to get on your phone. So I had all this time and I was like, yeah, now I'm, what? I could just text these five numbers and vote for my favorite song. Hell yeah. But yeah, yeah so I, was, I was a TRL kid too. I was out there with the signs. Oh, for real? Yeah. Wow. yeah like Times Square when I went back over the summer, like I was a TRL kid, but even then, like, I guess my vote didn't count because I wasn't voting for Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and NSYNC and shit. Not to say that they were bad, but I was voting for like punk rock songs. And the, the only thing that would break through was Blink-182. I was a big Blink fan, but I was voting for like obscure punk rock songs back then. So listen, man. Yeah, I've I seen some shit at BET. Lots of shit. <laughs> I, everything I won't say here. That is one of the stories I'll never forget because it was like trade him the walk on for the number 10 spot today. And then, you know, we'll never show up again. And that was the day I was like, oh, <laughs> this is how we do shit. Bartering. <laughs> yeah, lots of bartering at, at BET. BET was it was the hood, man. It was like dope deals and shit. So funny story because this is the boxing show this week, and we'll eventually get to it. Floyd Mayweather came back to fight Juan Manuel Marquez. I was covering boxing when I worked at BET. I would fly back to Vegas to cover fights, right? Get paid by other outlets to do that shit. But I'll fly back most weekends. Floyd came out of retirement to fight Marquez. Now. I've known Floyd's people for a very long time. And I can't remember. I think Nicole might have been Nicole Craig, who was like one of the presidents of Mayweather Promotions. We kind of went to high school together. I tried to hook up one of her friends, yada, yada, yada. But she's over Mayweather Promotions. Now, Jeremy Silkowitz was the publicist at the time under Kelly Swanson. And they had, e- they had emailed me and was like, oh, you know, Floyd's coming back. Can you break this story? I don't think I, we ended up breaking it. But I was so I the conversation became, can Floyd get on 106? And I was like, this is like a home. This is easy. Right. So I remember I went to a meeting and I was like, hey, can we get Floyd on 106? And I can't remember where it went from there. They were like, we'll get back to you. I got a call from Leonard Ellerby and they were they wanted him to do the front end of the show. Now, if you remember, there was always two guests on 106. There was the first guest and there was the last guest. The last guest always stayed on longer for the bottom for the top half of the top. 10 it was somebody whack <laughs> i'll never it was like jay mills or somebody it was somebody whack i can't I remember probably who voted for jay mills anyone who's related i was voting. But yeah. <laughs> it was floyd and i was like why would floyd why wouldn't you have floyd come on last right instead yeah. of whoever the fuck this was and we had this it was like an argument so because leonard was like you know floyd make all this money da, da, da. he's like i know it's not you andres but can you talk to them Da, da, da. And I was supposed to interview Floyd that day. So th- they never changed it. Floyd walked on first. He was n- not happy at all that he was that some rapper. He didn't know who he was, was going to be on ahead of him. And I interviewed Floyd. We were in, like, I used to come downstairs. 106 Apart was directly across the street from my office. Like if I look out my window, I could see the studio. 106 Apart was also dumb small. The shit looked like my living room. When... <laughs> When the cameras were on, it made it look bigger, but it was not big at all. So I would go downstairs, I would walk across the street, Floyd sitting there, and me and Floyd had his, you know, we did an interview, and then we started talking, and it was like me and Nicole and Leonard, and they were just like, fuck B, I mean, they didn't say like, fuck BT, but it was just like, this is whack, like, how can we do this? And I went back, and I was like, so why don't we, you know, why don't we put them on first? And then some, I can't remember who it was, was like, who the fuck is Floyd Mayweather? And wow. I was like, are you serious? Wow. Like, don't like really care about Floyd Mayweather. 
don't nobody care about Floyd Mayweather? Are you kidding me? That was BET. That was the shit that I used to deal with at BET. I've told tons of stories about bringing Nikki and Kendrick and Drake. All of them got shot down. All of them got shot down. All of them got shot down. But then the question is, what stars did they make? They didn't. So when I was there, you know, Viacom had just purchased it. Uh, Robert Johnson was gone. Deborah Lee's still there. Uh, Stephen Hill was still there. So Viacom had a hand in it. What would end up happening is we had a bunch of old, smart, stupid people, right? <laughs> they all had, they had like degrees and shit, but they didn't really, they didn't really know what the fuck they were doing. I, and in 2009, 2010 is when the music, like the music blog started taking off. Obviously I come from that world. Like all not right to those, are all my people. So when new shit would break, I'd be like, we should put these artists on Drake, Nikki, Kendrick, yeah. Pac Div. You go down that list of talent, Asher Roth at the time, you go down that list of talent. I knew those people, all of them. I would know. And if they signed to a label and I knew the label, Atlantic, whoever, like you go down the list. BET was like, they're not on the radio. And I was like, nobody cares that they're not on the radio. Shit is changing. They didn't want to do shit with Wale. Me and Big, me and Big Sean for a, for a spell were really cool. Finally, Famous came out. What was the first? Um, um, what was the first song off that album? Not not the album. The uh, the uh, mixtape. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God. Was it get you some? What the fuck was that first song? He in my email. I'll find this email. Kel, I will send it to you. The rest <laughs> of the world will not get this. I had a I have a rough cut of Big Sean's first video that I walked in and was like we should debut this on Rap City or 106 or whatever. And they kept telling me no until I was like, Kanye co-signed this. It was like, okay, let's do it. Sean, Cuddy, Wale, Melanie Fiona at the time. BET was like, they're not on the radio. Gucci Man's on the radio. I always say Gucci Man because I'm dead ass. It was Gucci Man, Chris Brown, Rihanna. And I was like, yo, there's all these new artists. And they just, they weren't hearing me. They wouldn't listen to none of this shit. They shot me down. Who the fuck is Nicki Minaj? My boss said, get that fake booty bitch out of here. <laughs> this is when she had the fake butt. Okay, it wasn't pre-fake butt. No, this was this was Nikki after beating me up, Scotty. Just oh, signed bugging with- then. She was on fire. Dog, I've told it, I think I've told the story. I have on a hard drive a <laughs> man, I have on a hard drive. Nikki went on a college tour. It's right. It's after being me up, Scotty. Before it was like she just signed a young money. Nikki went on a college tour. Nikki was in my office. Used to come to my office pretty often with Marissa Mendez, who used to be on the Joe Budden podcast before it became the Joe Budden podcast. Yep. Remember that? Yeah. The, I'll name this podcast later. Yes. Marissa. That was a homie. Came to the office. Nikki uh, was like, oh, I got all this footage. She, and I was like, you know what? We should do a video blog, right? It's all this exclusive footage of Nikki on tour, Nikki with Wayne, Nikki just performed with colleges, Nikki giving a lesson. She had like a chalkboard and was teaching a lesson about the barbs. My boss, I was like, hey, we got all this free footage, all of it. All we got to do is put it together. We can put it online. My boss told me I will not waste money with resources to edit that shit. Never came out. I have... All that footage, it's like four hours of footage on a hard drive somewhere in this house. (laughs) 
you might be a hoarder, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> I, I just I have hard drives full of stuff. Like, you know, people <laughs> spotted that I posted. I have old Nipsey footage, but she would not get my video editor who was doing nothing at the time to edit a Nicki Minaj video blog. All the footage was free. She filmed it herself with a camera crew. And she shot it down, told us, said, no, I'm not doing shit. She's like, she ain't important. What? Now, look. And then two years later, she's probably like begging Nikki to come through 106 and Park. They all were. I had got a call. was like, can you connect us with Drake? No. I'm not even cool with him like that, first of all. But second of all, y'all shot down my meeting. Not y'all, my boss. Yeah, we could have been cool. Drake ended up doing a walk on 106 with Trey Songs. Oh, I think he had success that. He, and I met him. I went across the street and I was like, and I think Oliver was his manager at the time. And I was like, hey, and I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I know you were supposed to come through with So Far Gone, but you know, you're here now. And he was like, man, fuck it, whatever. Like the, his whole attitude was like, whatever, at least we here now. And then I interviewed Trey Songs and it became weird. And Trey had his shirt unbuttoned because he thought my name was Andrea, not Andreas. So when he, when I opened the door and came in, I was like, come on, dog. And I, I remember telling him, come on, dog, button your shirt. <laughs> I, ain't here I can't interview a grown man with his yeah, abs please stop. out. <laughs> I, dude, we can we, we could have a whole podcast in my experience at BT. It was only 365 days. It was only 365 days. Me interviewing T-Pain. I knew I used to real quick. You, everybody's seen the video where he's talking about Usher says you ruin music, right? Yep. And I used to think like that until I met him at BT. I was the same way, like Death of Auto-Tune, it came out, it was super hot at the time. And I remember we got Death of Auto-Tune before everybody got Death of Auto-Tune, like the blogs and shit. T-Pain came, and I, they were like, you want to go interview T-Pain? And Low Key wasn't there. And I used to send him to do the interviews, because I was really, I just didn't like doing interviews all the time. And I was like, ah, T-Pain, fine. Went across the street, sat down with T-Pain. I ended up having like a 45-minute conversation with this dude just about music. And then I was just like, Oh my God, I've even given you the short end of the stick. You're really fucking talented. I didn't know T-Pain could like really sing because nobody really heard it. He played some shit for me. I was like, T-Pain's incredible. Plus, he's like the nicest guy on the planet. And think of this, it's 2009, 2010. T-Pain's still at the peak of his powers. And he just gave me like mad time to sit and chop it up like Teddy Pendergrass and fucking all this. And I was like, oh my God, T-Pain's incredible. So when that and he was like a sensitive dude. So when I saw that video, I was like, I get it. T-Pain didn't ask for this shit. He was trying to be creative. Yep. And nobody gave him credit. And everybody ran off with auto-tune and used it terribly. Still using it terribly. Yeah, it was kind of crazy watching. The, <laughs> we're going to get to the fights. But the walkout with little baby. And I was like, he's got a, he's doing a talk box, but you can't do that on the microphone in live performance. But whatever. It's weird shit. Yeah, it's tough. Anyway, that's enough me ranting about BT and 106 and Park and my tenure there. Sorry to bore you guys. I know you didn't feel like hearing that shit. No, no. <laughs> Listen, that's what we're here for. We're here for the people to hear about your 365 days of wildness at BT and the inner workings of this. And it comes on a day where the BT Awards are tonight. Nobody <laughs> so- knows about this shit. <laughs> so what? <laughs> More, more people will hear this story about BET than they will watching the BET Awards. Uh, who is performing? Do you know? No, I saw Tyler tweet about it that he's going to yeah. go on stage and yell. 
I, I'm assuming he meant like, ha ha, he's performing. But outside of that, I don't, I don't even know where they're located. Is that LA? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I used to do the BET Awards every year. I have no idea where this shit is at. I also, the, the funny thing about the BET Awards is like, you, y'all motherfuckers don't even play music. Between you and MTV, neither of y'all play music, yet you guys have awards for what? You, MTV, no lie, is the worst station in existence right now. I haven't watched that. I haven't watched MTV in years. Someone tweeted it. I, I will send you a tweet. I will look it up. I'll find it. I'll send it to you after the show. They tweeted, no lie, there's only eight hours a week that MTV doesn't play ridiculousness. <laughs> Rob Deerdeck, ridiculousness plays every hour of programming except for eight hours a week on MTV. Hmm. But they don't play music videos. Hmm. And music, <laughs> television doesn't play videos it's incredible is now ridiculousness viral youtube videos and some tiktok videos over and over and over all the time except from when real world challenge is on jersey shore is on um anything like that siesta key blah 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 so they have like four or five flagship shows and then ridiculousness hmm that's impressive you know what ruined music videos on those networks? YouTube. You could say that, but even then, ridiculousness just pulls viral videos from YouTube, and it works. Why can't you do the same with music videos? Because there's still some videos people have no clue about. You can still break videos. You could. I I can't. I don't know the, the exact reason. When I was still at BET, there was still 106 in Park. So I don't know the exact reason that they've gone completely like reality television. BET is, was never like a music channel. It was just a black entertainment channel. And now they have like original shows. So I can't really fault them. MTV is just that one's weird to me because you're music television and there's no music, just television. And it's not even original programming. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, BET is definitely better than MTV. I watch neither of them. So there's that. <sighs> My grandma bless her heart my grandma janice in new york watches bet plus she subscribed like, to that that's incredible yeah yeah i got her that shit because she watches like some tyler perry show Oof. that's all you had to tell me mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I guess she really likes it i don't know it, the quality might be okay i don't i don't know it's it's not for me i'll tell you that much i'm not gonna watch that shit but people watch that they don't watch the awards which are tonight, I'm not watching awards. I'm going to watch Soldier Boy versus Bow Wow instead and catch up on that. And then I'll report back to you, maybe in the group chat, on how dope it was. <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah, I'm going to throw you out the group. <laughs> yeah, I would just send you just clips. That's what I would do. I'm going to watch it and just create clips and send it to you. Just bombard your phone with clips of Bow Wow versus Soldier Boy. I'm okay. Oh, God, it's going to be bad. But. Enough talking about BET. As much as I love hearing your wild, wild west stories of working there, it's time to get into combat sports. Let's hit the first break. When we come back, we got to talk about Javante Davis and his knockout and Lomachenko putting the pause on Nakatani. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, 
everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. We're finally talking about what we're supposed to talk about, and that's boxing. Plenty of it to talk. Let's get right into it, though. Let's let's start with Javante. It trended everywhere. One thing Leonard Ellerby, Floyd Mayweather, one thing they're all right about that I don't think anyone can deny at this point is Javante Davis is a star. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, like, and it's weird Boxing now is a lot like pro wrestling I'm seeing on Twitter and social media where for some reasons there's like these large groups of fans that feel the need to attach themselves to like a promotion. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, like you, like, oh no, well this, oh, Loma was fighting on ESPN. Top rank is better, blah, blah, blah. No, Dervante is not a star, but like, what does it hurt you if the kid's a superstar? Why don't we get superstars from every promotion? These people are stupid. It is. There's a, an Ellerby retweeted it, which, I, again, in his heart of hearts, he's like a promoter, right? He's a promoter, so <clears throat> his job is to big up people in his camp. I get it. So um, Dan Rayfield tweeted out, oh, Javante sold out the arena in Atlanta, 15-plus thousand, and Loma sold out in Vegas, 2.5,000. And Ellerby commented like, oh, you know, we are not the same or something, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, cool. Like, no, like Loma isn't the star that Javante is. I don't think anyone could argue that. Not at all. Fighting wise, I'd love to see him mix it up. I think Javante would win, but who knows? That's it's tough to say you have to live and die by the sword of knocking out Lomachenko. I mean, it's it's silly because yes, Javante is a bigger star. There's levels to this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But who cares, right? Like, I I just don't understand. It's yes, Javante is a bigger star. Like Adrian Broner is more recognizable. But what does it mean at the end of the day? Like the best you compare it to pro wrestling, the the biggest stars in the history of pro wrestling were like John Cena, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Austin. But they weren't the best wrestlers, right? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like it's very hard to find a combination of the best talent and the best, uh, most marketable stars. Javante is a big star. There's no denying that. But yeah, man, we can't take away anything from Lomachenko. He's not the draw. I don't think Lomachenko came in thinking he was the draw. And follow the smaller venue. It's uh, it is what it is. It, like, I just, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of silly to me. It's it's really silly to do all this comparing. I just like fights. Yeah, no, it's it's the same thing. It's like if Tank is a star, it's only better for everyone else. Yeah, it's only bringing more eyes to the sport. Like I'm glad he put fifteen thousand in Atlanta, 
they are smart. They're not going to say like, yo, listen, it's early in his career. We're going to force people to come to Vegas to support him. Because maybe you will, maybe they won't. But you bring him to Atlanta. You bring and surround him with artists that he likes, like Lil Baby, like um, whoever else walked him out, something, something, Doug. Uh, like he's had multiple people. And I don't know any of these young whippers now. I know Lil Baby. But he's ingrained in that culture. So them being buddy-buddy, seeing each other, they watch his fights, he likes their music, all this stuff. Bringing it to Atlanta is a built-in fan base. It's easy to sell out there. Go and sell out where it's easy. That's proven until you have to do otherwise. So I think that's very smart by them. Pay-per-view buys, we'll see what this one did. I, I expect him to do very well going forward because it's one thing being a pay-per-view star and his last fight was like, okay, he gets the knockout, it was cool. But this one, uh, and I guess Santa Cruz was the building block as well. But Santa Cruz and this one are like, if I'm paying $70 to watch him fight, he's going to deliver me $70 worth of product. And yeah. people feel great about that. Which you can't say for like Mayweather versus Logan Paul. No, I mean, look, man. There's a lot to be said. The, un the, the untold story that really is worth talking about is the fact that PBC does a fucking great job promoting black fighters. Oh, yeah. Because Al Heyman is black. Yep. The president, Tim Smith, is black. Mayweather Promotions, Leonard L Ellerby's black. Nicole Craig is black. It's a bunch of black people. That's the, the Watson boys are black. There, there's just black people all over the place promoting black fighters. So you have Javante, which is just as much of a credit to Mayweather's team, understanding the entertainment value and understanding how to put him in the right spots and attaching him to Floyd. I mean, it was a shit that they tried to do with Adrian Broner, to be honest with you, when Adrian, you know, got too big for his britches. It worked. I mean, Broner's still making money because of what they did and how they yeah, said the, the thing, the thing is, though, and Let Leonard was like a straight shooter with me one day. It was just like, you know, Javante listens, Adrian doesn't. Like when there was a time, everybody should remember this is not inside information. Javante struggled to make weight. Yep. And Javante, you know, I mean, recently was caught up in some bullshit. People tend to forget, you know, yoking up that girl at that celebrity basketball game was stupid as shit. Yeah. But Javante Four had months to get ago, out. he did a hit and run. Yeah. Javante had to get out of Baltimore, period. Yeah. And say what you want about Floyd. And we've said a lot about Floyd and his issues and everything else. But Floyd works hard. And when it's time to fight, he's focused on training in the gym. He tried to instill that in Broner. Broner didn't really get it. Javante gets it. Javante understands, all right, you know, if I'm going to do my, my bullshit, I'm going to do it outside of these fights, outside of training, for the most part. And he, he listens, and Floyd gave him the rub. You look at Errol Spence. Errol, they put him in the right places, fight in Texas, yep. fight in your backyard. Then you look easy. at... Yeah, then you look at Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford is arguably, for a lot of people, definitely in the top three pound for pound. Some people number one. We'll get to that, but sure. Yet, Terrence Crawford can't draw shit. He's not marked, but it's kind of his own fault, too. It is. He doesn't put himself out there like a Javante, yeah. even like an Errol. Errol does the little viral dances. He's 
mixed in with all these young kid rappers too. Like he yeah. loves all that shit. It's it's a personality thing, but PBC they know what to do with their fighters. Al Heyman should get a lot more credit than he gets because he was putting fights on network television. And and again, it's it's also tough. I mean, like Spence gets to fight in Texas. He gets to fight in Dallas, right? Like huge black population. That's dope. They found a great black population to support Javante Davis. Before then, he was bouncing around on undercards or not, but you know, co-main events like Floyd cards, blah, blah, blah. Once it was his time to shine by himself, they put it in a very big black metropolitan area with black rappers that he was cool with in that area. It's thrived in Atlanta. Smart. When you look at Bud Crawford, Nebraska, like they put it in Nebraska for a couple fights, but sooner or later, it's Nebraska. So it, the geography didn't work out in his favor either. Like, it's not like Bud was from Miami. That would have probably played a lot better. Yeah, I mean, there's a multitude of things, though. They, at the end of the day, you have to sell yourself because they do have, you know, PBC has a ton of black fighters. I mean, look, they've made the Charlo brothers are stars in their own right. Could they be bigger stars? Of course they could. I was about to say, they're, they're yeah, they're Bud-level stars. But they're, they're, they get pushed, right? They're, they're getting pushed. Like, you can see them actively pushing. You'll never one Al Hamas in the shadows, but you don't. Bob Arum, you know, he's said some shit about Terrence Crawford. He's like, this doesn't help. Like, it doesn't help promote him. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, but they have a stable of black fighters, Deontay Wilder. They 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 give each other the rub. Like Zab Judah used to fight on Mike Tyson undercards. Yep. And then he set off on his own. Floyd Mayweather made it a point to put Gervonta Davis on his undercards. So especially with the Conor McGregor fight, even though he didn't perform against Fonseca that night and he came in overweight, the fact that he was in position to shine tells you all you need to know about what they're doing. That's one hell of a win looking back, though. Fonseca wasn't an easy fight. Uh, Shit, Ryan Garcia made it look easy. Well, (laughs) Ryan Garcia is another special case. Yeah, but the whole point is, is that they understand how to promote these fighters. So Javante, now he fights in, he fight in Atlanta, kids from Baltimore. He fighting in Atlanta. Yeah, but like the the culture, the culture that he's in is heavy in Atlanta. So it makes it very easy to market that. You can't tell me you couldn't put Bud in Atlanta if you pushed him right and Bud complied. Like, no, Bud, you put Bud in Atlanta, Bud. Does he even? I don't know what music Bud listens to. But that this he is that's my point. You put him in Atlanta, you're gonna stick out like a sore thumb. You put tank in Atlanta, you you'd rock and be like, yo, I don't know where he's from. He could be from Atlanta. He could be from B more. But like he's he's like us. He he his bounce is like our bounce. Bud's bouncing like that. It's but that's part of the promoter's job, right? If Al Heyman had Terrence Crawford, if Al Heyman had Terrence Crawford, you either play ball or you don't. Right? Like you Al Heyman had Terrence Crawford, he'd be Sean Porter. No. 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 Terrence Crawford is one of the best fighters in the world. You think the question that you asked, I don't even know what Terrence Crawford listens to, wouldn't happen without Heyman's team. They put that shit out there. They actively, much credit to Kelly Swanson and their team as well, they actively try to seek urban outlets, black outlets to put these fighters. Yep. Kelly does a great job of that. The whole Swanson crew. (laughs) Hey, love Kelly, love Andrew, love Sam, all of them. But 
they try to position these fighters, even if they don't completely understand how to do it sometimes. But when you have a Leonard Elderby, when you have the Sam Watson and got the Watson boys, like they know what they're doing. So Javante selling out a building, it's and now on top of that, he's knocking people to fuck out. Like that's the that's the other thing oh, we can't. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't oh, forget that part. But they built them right. They've and they've built them right. And now let's get to the fight. Now we gotta have another conversation. Cause I've spent the greater part of the last year was like, show me what happens when Javante gets hit in the face one good time. He yeah. did. He ate a couple. No, he ate some shots. Barrios was putting people away. Yeah. Javante was never in trouble in that fight. No, he maybe took one end of the eighth round. That was or seventh. Cause he got to two knockdowns in the eighth. At the end of the seventh, it was like, Oh, is he wobbled? But he maintained, he took like three steps back shook it off and came right back pressing again. So I was like, oh, yeah, no, nah, he he took a punch from a guy who was, I, I don't know, I read your, your synopsis going into it again, who was tailor fit for his style. Yeah. I mean, the not problem- a bad fighter by any means, but no. the styles make fights. He picked a very good fighter that also fits his style perfectly. Like I said, I tweeted, it's smoke and mirrors. Barrios looks tall, is tall, doesn't fight tall. Yes. That's it. Diego Corrales was the same thing with Floyd Mayweather. Looks tall, is tall, doesn't fight tall. And if you don't fight tall and you're fighting somebody like Javante Davis, who's explosive on the inside, it's a recipe for disaster. But still, Barrios is a great inside fighter. So it's a good fight. It should produce fireworks. They knew what they were doing when they picked Mario Barrios. And it was a tough fight. They knew it was going to be a tough fight. But they also knew that Barrios was never going to put him on the end of his jab. It just wasn't going to happen. Barrios uses his jab to set up other things. But he doesn't really use it as a range fighter. He doesn't use it to keep his fighters at bay. He doesn't do any of those things. But you got to give credit to Javante because he waited. He waited. And he carried that power through 140. Didn't miss a beat in terms of power. The power was serious. Made some minor adjustments. I still got to figure out if he's a thinking man's fighter or not. There's very few of them that make like true adjustments. But he found a home for the right hand, found a home for the left. Then he just kind of put it all together in the eighth. Scorecards was fucking crazy. There's no oh. way. 97-91? What? That yeah, was that's, nuts. that's ridiculous. Even with the knockdowns. It was crazy. I had to fight a lot closer. But fact remains... Javante at 140, like, I don't expect him to stay at 140. There's really no reason for him to stay there, right? Right now. <sighs> He's not going to fight Josh Taylor. He's not going to fight Josh Taylor. Next. No, but Floyd Mayweather's quote at the press conference was telling. Uh-huh. And that's, we are an in-house business. We have Mayweather promotions. We have PBC. There's no reason to go out and make another promoter anyone. Like, he. Uh, it's bullshit. He's, I think they're very comfortable right now. But it's bullshit. I don't know. Here's why it's bullshit. Floyd fought Manny Pacquiao, right? Yes. Because the money was there. Yep. Let's be honest. The One of the biggest fights that could be made in boxing is Ryan Garcia versus Javante Davis. Hands down. It, you think... Arguably the biggest. There's two things at work here. Because... Floyd Manny took a lot of negotiating. It's a lot of haggling. And the, the hard part about that fight is who 
Is it a 50-50 split? Not for Floyd. Floyd's going to look at that situation and be like, no, Javante's a bigger draw. He sells out 15000 Why we? Why would we give you this? Ryan, you're not even a pay-per-view fighter. That's what they'll say. Yep. Ryan will go, I've got a much bigger social media presence. It doesn't matter. I will make this pay-per-view. And they'll, there'll be a beef there. And that, that's what's going to happen. But when the money's right, they will cross the street. It's just not, they don't feel like they need to yet because they can move around in the division, pick up a couple more wins. Floyd Smart, he knows Javante's not at the peak of his marketability yet. He hasn't entered the pound for pound list yet. These are important things to give him not only credibility in the boxing world, but as a mainstream star. They're prepping him for that. There's no way they would leave. If Ryan Garcia comes back, obliterates two more people, maybe wins some titles, even though titles do not matter to Floyd no. Mayweather. Because I mean, even, Tank has one legit title. Yeah, I mean, that WBA regular title, nobody gives a shit about it. But if Ryan Garcia goes out there and obliterates a few people, pops up, sells out a building, they're going to make that fight. Maybe not tomorrow. They're going to make that fight. Yeah, they'll make the fight in three years. And Could then be. they'll cross the street again two years after that. So Javante will cross the street when he's 28. He'll cross the street when he's 30 against Haney. He'll cross the street when he's 32 against whoever may be undefeated. Maybe Shakur is the guy still undefeated by then. Maybe Teofimo, even if he has a loss or two, comes back and gets some more titles. And uh, Tank wants to dare to be great at 147 against a guy like Theo or something. Maybe those are the fights when, you know, Tank is 32 and Theo's 31. But I say he crossed the street three, four times in his career, which is shitty. I mean, it's just the way it is, though, right? I mean, you do want to keep the money in-house. That's a sad thing about the business of boxing. They do want to keep the money in-house. As soon as one of these guys lose or just have a bad performance, they kind of fall off the radar. Because they figure now, Javante is going to draw no matter who he fights. He just he fought Mario Barrios. Nobody knew who Mario Barrios was. No, they built Mario Barrios off of the measurables. Yeah, and they they said Javante is going up two weight class to fight Mario Barrios, this tall fighter, and he's going to win. And he's going to go up three. To, they did all the right things. Yes, Floyd is going to say that because what is he supposed to say? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to negotiate with Bob Arum. No, he's not. He'll never say that. No, not in front of people. He's going to play hardball, and we're going to whine and complain. But when the money's right. Heyman, Floyd, they're going to make a move, but it's just not happening tomorrow. I say they're they're the least likely promotion to cross the street. Yeah, it's not, and you know what? It's not even crossing the street. I I know that it's they want them to come to this side. Like they want it to be a Showtime pay per view in conjunction with whoever, right? But they still want it to be. I mean, dude. You were <laughs> the the PBC top rank thing. I've heard stories. Bro, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's it's currently very interesting. Yeah, it, there's that. it's hard because everybody wants to you know this is how we do things and this is how you do things. We don't do things like you do things. I get it, but when the money's right, they do business. Figure it out. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury is happening again. You're gonna do business. And then after that, chances are Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, even though Aram and Eddie Hearn have been known to do business, you do business. Yep. The money's on the table. Now, let's talk about Javon. That Tyson. seems to be more, you know, likely. Eddie Hearn does business with anyone. I'm, I'm just convinced of it. Hey, 
Eddie Hearn, people say, you know, Eddie Hearn blows smoke, but I feel like Eddie Hearn don't give a fuck. He doesn't. He he kind of, you know, he knows what he wants to do. Yep. But, you know. He doesn't we'll even care about platform. He's like, yo, as long as you get my guy paid what he's supposed to get paid, I'll even let him go fight over there. Yeah, we'll work it out. Yeah, he, he has a crazy belief in his fighters that I think is extremely genuine. Yes. And bloated at times. But he's honest to God. I think he just thinks like, yo, I'll let my fighter go over there because they're going to beat your fighter and bring it back here. So I don't even care. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it boils down to. Let's talk about the fight itself. Fight itself. So it starts off very similar to Javante Leo Santa Cruz in my mind. As I'm watching this go through, Javante's ramping up, trying to figure it out. I, I think he was a little sharper to start this fight but there was still a puzzle to be solved with Barrios. Gervonta was aggressive in spurts, um, specifically third and fifth round, I believe, where he poured it on but didn't stay on Barrios. And then you were like, oh, those are just swing rounds. Outside of that, Barrios was able to be more consistent, look more fluid, and I thought Barrios took, let's say, five of the first seven rounds. That's fair. And again, three and five were swing to me. So if someone want to give, I saw someone give Barrios all four, all seven of the first ones. I didn't see that. There was one round that it was, I think it was um, five might've been definitely Javante for me. Yeah. I, I think that was cool. Um, three and five were the two rounds for me. So I gave them five of the first seven. Then the eighth comes and Tank drops him twice. And you're looking like, oh, we've seen this before. Barrios survives, come back, comes back out, wins the ninth. Looks good in the ninth. Hits the 10th round. And Tank is like trying to run from an avalanche at that point. Once you go down once, it's only a matter of time. Because your body can't take it. And we saw that. 10th round, Tank comes out. And it's just an avalanche. And he hits him. Like, I don't understand how people don't know what's coming. To get out of the way of these looping hooks that Tank throws because he closes the distance so well. People have fallen into this trap of bending down to get out of the way. Not moving their feet, just bending down at the waist to have the hooks go over their head. And he just feeds them uppercuts. This uppercut didn't land on the chin, the head, no, and landed to the body. And it was a wrap for Barrios after that. He took it he got up to his credit, couldn't do shit else after that, and Tank just poured it on. Yeah, so there, there's a couple things. One, when you talk about, you know, guys ducking down, it's because it's too late. Their legs aren't going to agree with them. The, <laughs> the, the legs are gone? No, it's not that they're gone. It's that Tank is so fast. He's, like, really explosive when he's coming forward hmm. that your only reaction is to duck. Your feet aren't going to cooperate. You have to have some re- really phenomenal footwork to get out of the way of Tank shit. Hmm. Especially in the later rounds, because you're worn down. You're that not- makes sense. I always wonder why the hell are they bending over at the waist when yeah. you see every highlight of him just feeding people uppercuts. Yeah, Move it's hard. Feet, cut the angle off. Don't let it, him trap you. It, it's hard because Tank is a pressure fighter, and early Mario Barros was pressuring Tank and forcing him to fight off his back foot, which Tank is not really good at. He's not good at fighting off his back foot. He's an aggressive fighter, and when he started coming forward, you could tell that the pressure was starting to get to Barrios. 
The interesting thing is in the eighth round, he scores those two knockdowns. Barrio survives the onslaught, goes into the ninth. It's clear. Tank punched himself out. He just had to conserve his energy. Conserved it in the ninth round. About 60 seconds left, you can see he starts throwing punches again. And Barrios is slowing down. Both of them have had conditioning issues. Barrios against Akhmedov, uh, Tank against Gamboe got tired a bit. Yeah. Monsaki got tired. But a lot of that with Tank was, wait, he looked great. 40 is a good weight class for him. He's still small. But regardless, his conditioning was there. He didn't blow his gas after the eighth round. He conserved it, came out firing in the tenth. The uppercut to the body, it's a hell of a punch. Because at, at, at a certain point, you think Tank is headhunting. He's not. He goes to the body really well. And he's explosive. And if he hits you, there's nothing you could do about it. And, you know, a lot of people was like, that's the knock- body punch knockout of the year. Close. Ryan Garcia might have the body punch knockout of the year. These two young fighters go to the body really well. Yeah. I Ryan mean, Garcia. Shakur Stevenson just shut down somebody to the body, too. And body punching is just becoming phenomenal again. Yeah. Like, everyone's using it now. Ryan Wilder Garcia is trying to practice it. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But <laughs> Ryan Garcia short-circuited Luke Campbell. Javante. And remember, Luke couldn't get up. Javante no. hit Mario. Mario, at least, you know, he was like, oh, got, got up. But that second one, he doubled over and was like, yeah, ref stopped it. Nobody complained because his insides was getting messed up. Yeah. But now the question is, is some people going to say, is Javante belonging to pound for pound? No, not yet. Mm. Not yet. He's just on the outside. He's one of the guys that's sitting on the outside because he still doesn't really have a marquee win. Barrios was a good, really good win, but then you go. Santa Cruz is a marquee win. Marquee. No, here's why Santa Cruz is not a marquee win. Two division champion, like still mm. the guy held mm. legit belts at 126 and 130. Like, Santa look Cruz at the top 10. I'm just saying, look at the top 10 right now, pound for pound. Yeah, I mean, you want to do pound for pound now? I had it scheduled out for after the Loma talk, but we can do it now. No, 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 we'll wait. No, what you know, fuck it, we could do it now. Yeah, so and it's tough, and I had to bump somebody. Because Loma impressed me. Loma's on the fringe too, right? And it came down to wait, he's outside of your pound for pound? Loma? Yeah. Loma was out. Yeah, yeah. Loma was out of my pound for pound. Really? Okay. Yep. Um, this performance put him back in to it. Cause I understand you dropped it going from two to all the way out is kind of shitty, right? So I was thinking about keeping him in there still, but no, there's so many other people. Once Taylor got in and everyone had to slide back, Loma had to go. Because it was just, it was too many people for not enough spots. But I think Lomachenko inched back up. I had to drop out better BF. Okay. So he slid out now. I have Lomachenko at 10, Javante at 9, Usyk at 8, Taylor at 7, Fury at 6, Teofimo at 5, Crawford at 4, Spence at 3, NY at 2, Canelo at 1. Interesting. And Terrence got to go because Terrence isn't even trying to fight people. And I'm not saying that that may not be true on his regard. I, his resume is not going to keep up with everyone else. And that's just the truth of it. So you look at what NY did completely demolished his opponent. He's gearing up. He has a win off of Donaire, which became more impressive because of what Donaire just did and bumped anyway up my list. 
because that win became more impressive because Donaire is still that good. And anyway, was able to beat him with a broken eye socket for like the entire fight. I think it happened in the second round. Fought 10 rounds with a broken eye socket to win that fight. So yeah, no, anyway, it gets bumped up. Spence just taking the challenge of Manny Pacquiao bumps him up above, above Terrence Crawford. So yeah, no, Crawford might slide out my top five. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna start front. Canelo's number one. Yeah. Um that's not debatable. Yeah, that's yeah, for a lot of people, they, yeah, it's not debatable. I I struggle with this because everybody has NOI ranked like two or three. Yep. I don't. I have Crawford and Spence at two and three right now. And NOI at four. And I actually have Spence ahead of Crawford because I do too. Errol Spence, yes, he mollywopped Mikey Garcia. He fought a really game and nobody wants to fight him, Sean Porter. Then he beat Danny Garcia in, in a virtual shutout. Now he's about to fight Manny Pacquiao. If he beats Manny Pacquiao, does he jump Canelo? Not in my opinion. Really hard to jump Canelo unless he like dusts Manny Pacquiao. Still not jumping Canelo from you'd, it's you'd have to. Molly Wap, Terrence Crawford out there. Well, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that go into it. But, I mean, Canelo's, he just has to blow it, right? I keep Bud ahead of NOI for the time being. NOI just fought an opponent that wasn't much of a threat. The Donaire fight, yes, it was close. Yes, it looks more impressive as time passes. Donaire's still not in the, the pound-for-pound conversation, Otherwise, not he's not undisputed. Even though that doesn't mean a whole lot, because we've talked about this before. The way that Terrence got his belts, I but I think the reason why I have Bud ahead of Inouye, I think Terrence is a better fighter than Inouye. Definitely. I mean, he doesn't have close fights. That was no. always my thing. Like we've never seen him in a close fight. Spence has close fights. Porter pushed Spence to the edge. I think there was a knockdown that pretty much made the difference. Yeah, um, it and did. It helped him pull away in the tenth. I think, and you know, cool. Poor walked into one, got knocked down. That was the end of the fight. And you, you look at that. Inouye pushed to the edge by Donaire. There's, there's close fights. Bud doesn't have one of those. Bud hasn't been in trouble. But no one's been close to Bud. He's just finishing people at an alarming rate, and that's why it held him so high for so long. But now the inactivity is just getting to. Yeah, no, the inactivity sucks, but it's still when it comes to pound for pound and what have you done for me lately thing, it's like when I look at Bud's fights, I'm just like, yo, he's so good. The competition is the only thing that's really holding him back because, yeah, he hasn't fought a Sean Porter. That's why I put Errol ahead because Terrence needs to fight the people that that Errol's fighting. Yeah. You know, Sean Porter has never, never just been blown out in the fight. His losses are all really close. Because he's not a fun guy to fight. Nobody yeah. wants to fight him. And But in a way, I don't think he's ahead of Bud just yet. I think he's close. I don't think he's there. Um, Tio Fimo's at five for me. Uh, Usyk's at six. Mm. Yeah. Usyk's at six. Cool. I'm trying to figure out if Taylor's at seven. Probably. Taylor's at seven. I broke the mold with putting Fury in my top 10. Some people don't include heavyweights, but I mean, the man has held every belt at the heavyweight division. He's the only one still undefeated. He has a win over Klitschko. Like, yeah. His motherfucker's up there. 
And and Wilder. Knocked out Deontay Wilder and as a win over Klitschko has held every belt in heavyweight division. Arguably, he could be higher. Lomachenko, I believe, is after that. Where am I at? Nine? The last person that I have in my top ten is Juan Francisco Estrada. Mm, he was, but I thought he lost the last fight. I mean, but all Estrada does is fight some of the best fighters in the world. Like, that's yeah. that division is just full of them. So I have Estrada there. So, you know, like Tank, Charlo. Um, My eyes told me he lost that fight. Like, Bitter BF. Yeah, I mean, I just think Estrada's just a hell of a fighter. Yeah, no, um, can't argue that. And Lomachenko was never out of my top 10 because, <laughs> I mean, we're going to get to it in a second. He put on a masterpiece against Nakatani. Jesus Christ. Oh, the, when, when he is on, very few people can do offensively what he can do in the history of boxing. Yeah, they're, they're, Lomachenko is something else to watch. But, you know, to finalize this stuff on Javante, the guy is, he's for real. There's you know, this new conversation about the four Kings and, you know, these young fighters, Javante, Ryan, Devin, um, who am I missing? T.O. Yep. Uh, these are the four guys that can carry this fight into the next generation. And we'll be ranking them over the next couple of years just by themselves. Yep. There's the none four of, pay-per-view stars of this generation. Yeah. And T.O. not T.O. and Devin. Virgil, Virgil, maybe. No, they will be the, the four people leading the way and then Dude, you, figure it out. you mentioned Virgil Ortiz somebody got to fight this kid because <sighs> <laughs> like, what he did to Mo Hooker oh my god I, I feel like at 47 poor PBC right because um I feel like Ugas is waiting just flapping in the wind and he's scared to death that they're going to rule and give Manny Pacquiao back the belt it probably will. No, so I just saw him on Instagram yesterday. He's like, oh, getting this fight deal done. I'm in the gym. Like, he's, he'll fight anyone right now to just say he's defending the title so they don't strip him. Because if he's inactive and don't, doesn't book a fight, they'll give it back to Pacquiao. So I think, I think Ugas is really going to fuck up and take either Virgil or Boots. It's a I don't think it'll be Virgil. Decision. It'd be smart to just be like, yo, Sean, what are you doing? Let's run it back. Yeah, I mean, Sean would be the best case. Sean's about to announce fight. I think Sean's fighting Keith again. Oh, I have heard that. That wouldn't be bad. Then Ugas is getting washed by one of these young guns. So if you're wondering what Virgil Ortiz is doing, he might be putting pause on Ugas soon. Or Boots Oh, God, Boots is another one. Um, Yeah, Boots, Shakur, Virgil. That's... They're all going to, I don't know if they're going to be pay-per-view stars, but they're going to be pound for pound fighters. Yeah. These guys are all going to be a problem, but Javante phenomenal performance. I give him an a, uh, not an a plus. I give him an a minus. Cause I, I feel like the slow start. Yeah. It could have hurt him. I thought the fight was a lot closer. Barros is yeah. a good fighter, but I thought Javante turned into great performance. Now let's talk about Lomachenko. And real quick, shout out to Floyd, not for being a weirdo. And if you're going to corner a guy, corner a guy, but <laughs> Somehow they allowed him to stand on the ring like they allowed me to stand on the ring. And uh, the only difference is he could talk to people inside the ring. I would probably get fired for doing such. But he walks over and tells Tank, like, yo, 10th uh, round, yo, you're down between 9th and 10th. No, you're down on the unofficial scorecards. And Tank's just like, what? He's like, yo, I got to tell you the truth. This is what you're... And then Tank turns it on and fight over. 
Yeah, big facts. Big, and it's funny because I, you know, when I compare the two fights, now you go back to the Corrales fight. Who was outside barking orders at Floyd? His dad. <laughs> yeah, and when and then his dad ended up cornering him, like mm-hmm. start trading him again. Like Floyd, if you want to do that, my man, just just trade him. It's crazy. But no, he's sitting outside with ten iced out chains, just fucking blinding people at ringside. With the diamonds, and then he's he's just like, "Yo, by the way, you losing." It's it's obnoxious, but it's it's Floyd, whatever. Floyd, this what this what we do. Um, Yeah, moving on to Lomachenko and his performance. Nakatani had never been stopped. Gave Teofimo one hell of a fight. Um, Got dropped twice in his last fight against uh, Verdejo, who we shall no longer name. Had to crop him out of a photo. Got real creative with taking his ass out of promotional material this week. But yeah, so Nakatani went, came back from that though, came back, stopped him later on in a fight, earned this opportunity against uh, Lomachenko. Lomachenko, obviously much shorter. The reach was much smaller. Nakatani is a guy who knows how to use his height, use his jab, keep people at the end of it. So it was like he might present some problems to Loma. No, because we saw vintage Loma come back. No fear, no slow start. From the beginning, starts breaking down Nakatani, not only to the head, but to the body. The footwork was there, the spinning around him, the cutting off angles, throwing shots from awkward angles. There wasn't a point where Nakatani could even pinpoint where Loma was to hit him. He was entirely in defense mode, entire fight. I think the final punch stats ended up being 109 to 26. And those 26 were generous. So you look at that and it's just like, man, this version of Loma beats a lot of the top people in those weight cuts. 130, 135. Loma gives people problems when he comes in with this mentality and with this level of just craftsmanship in the ring. No one can match that. It's 104 to 29 total punches. No one can match that style, that technique. No one. And that really shows how impressive Teofimo was in his victory. Because we saw none of that from Loma. He was never comfortable. Yeah, so there's a couple things. And the first thing is, Loma's too small. He's small. small. Like, uh, Nakatani was wiry, so it wasn't imposing. Well, no, I'm just saying in terms of him fighting in this division, he's like 26. He's like a 126 pounder. Like he's he's not 35, right? Like you look at him and you're like, God damn, you're small. But he fights because he's too goddamn good. And he likes a challenge, yep. which is not what we can say about a lot of other fighters. So he schools Nakatani, which tells you styles make fights. And he completely dissected him. Thought it was funny. Like, glasses Malone hit me and was just like, Nakatani's putting on the end of the jab. And I'm like, I just ignored it. Because I was like, dude, no, he's not. No, he's not. Nakatani's throwing the jab. And Loma's, he's found his range really quick. Stepping to his Three rounds. The way the, man, the, man, the way the man slides away from punches and puts himself in position to throw another punch is phenomenal. He's never off balance. You will never find a spot where Lomachenko is just completely off balance. He's his feet are in the right spot all the time. You know, had the a cross night, which shocked me more than anything. I have the Getty and I use it constantly where Loma's legit cross legged st- trying to stop himself from stumbling and falling. And I was like, oh, that's the most incredible shit. The other thing I think Lomachenko learned is no more slow starts. Can't do that again. No, 
So when he fought Tiafimo, his his biggest issue was he waited and waited and waited and waited. And he was like, I'm downloading information. And then he looks up and he's like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm down like six rounds because Tia wasn't giving him anything. Yep. There was nothing for him to take. I'm curious how a rematch goes. More competitive. Um, it could honestly go either like Lomachenko could easily win, of course, like Lomachenko's Lomachenko. But I, I think the size of Teofimo does play a major, major part. Because even when Lomachenko turned it on, and I think won two rounds in a row, the ninth and 10th, or it was 10th and 11th, Teofimo in that 12th round was like, oh, no, okay, I got it. Oh, you want a firefight? I can do this all day. Because in the end of it, you're going to try to stop me with volume. And you're going to have to give them to, you're going to have to take them to give them. And I'm going to give you something that you can't take. And I, I, I think if it, if it went 12 rounds of that, I think Theofimo would be down. And Loma, I'm not sure if his frame would be able to continue the output necessary to win. I don't know. I think, it's, I think the rematch is a hell of a fight because now they've seen each other for 12 rounds mm-hmm. and you're picking up at the 13th. And in Loma's head, he feels like he has momentum. I think he does. I mean, and we got to see how COVID affects Theofimo who from the rip said, yo, I'm not trying to catch COVID because I have asthma and it kind of scares me. Like I I feel like it really affect me. And then now learn that he has COVID with symptoms. We'll see. We'll see how it affects him, especially in a fight that we expect to go 12. Like this title defense that he has now, like, yeah, he has to bounce back. He has to recover from COVID. He has to go into it, train all over again, get his lungs back under him. But maybe he can stop it before 12. You know, like, this is a guy he probably could knock out. Loma's pretty much going 12. That's not one where you want your gas tank to be compromised. No, not at all. So, I mean, you look at Lomachenko, and, you know, there's a lot of people who say that he's not that good. No, he is that good. He's also fighting way above his weight. He should be fighting Shakur Stevenson. Shakur wants that fight bad. Yeah, but he should be, but he's not. Loma's going to challenge himself, and I can't fault him for that. I don't know how much longer Lomachenko fights. But as long as this man wants to challenge himself with another Teal fight, as Teal continues to get bigger, he's outgrowing the weight class. Oh, yes. So you're going to have to cash out. Like, after the Cambosis fight, you're going to have to book this shit. Well, I mean, Bob and Junior Lopez, Teofimo's dad, were on stage afterwards. They said, yeah, let's do it. As long – the caveat was, as long as they get paid, in which Bob was like, this is going to be a big pay-per-view for us, so, like, we'll pay you whatever you want. Like, we, we just signed this new deal, assuming that, like – we know what we're going to have to pay you guys. And then outside of that, the caveat was it has to be right after Cambosis. And Junior asked for December in MSG, which isn't a lot of time considering the COVID. You know, like it's, it's still relatively fast bounce back from a fight with Cambosis right back into camp. Like, are you really letting your lungs heal at all? So that becomes very tough. But, I, I mean, yeah, Deal doesn't want to stay down that long. No, so it's one of those, like, December, and then maybe one more fight at 135 if he wins, and that'd be Haney. But I don't even see that. I think he'd move up to 140 and just wait for Haney to come up. Yeah, definitely. But and just figure it out man. after that. So, I mean. Scary man. Oh, Loma, the, the whole division on fire. Boxing, the depth in boxing now is incredible. From well, bantamweight to heavyweight. 
But boxing is dead. <laughs> so they say. But yet, every celebrity in the world wants to come and make a dollar. Looking at you, but Rashad. Everett. Dead. <laughs> Get Rashad the fuck out of here. Rashad's coming back. Blueface is fighting bare knuckle boxing. Oh my god! Can we talk about bare? Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch that shit. <laughs> oh, oh I didn't my god! To watch that shit. I went and ate. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm eating. I'm having a drink. I got a a gin, uh, what I had a gin mule that was delicious. No, oh, I was I was checked out. Listen, man, I watched that shit because I was like, hey, I ain't got nothing else to do. Been watching fights all goddamn day. What's another one? Turned on this bare knuckle shit. It was like Tiago Alves was fighting Joe Riggs. Tiago Alves, I'm like, damn, he fought GSP at UFC 100 for the title. Bare knuckle fighting. <laughs> bare knuckle. Hector Lombard. Oh my God! You saw Hector Lombard? Is he who did you uh, serve somebody a two piece? Yes, Lorenzo Hunt. Lorenzo no Hunt biscuit. jumped in there. Yeah, after after the uh, wait 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 wait, who was it? Was it Riggs? Yeah, and Lombard uh, got to be fighting like ends on forty five. This is UFC yeah, grave, knows. graveyard boneyard over there. Yeah, I mean shit. Hector Lombard came from Bellator, and I thought he was going to destroy people in the UFC. It didn't happen at all. Uh, now he's bare knuckle fighting and. <laughs> He wins this fight on this strange eye poke nonsense where they should have went to the scorecards. Nobody knows the rules of BKFC. They just do this shit. Lorenzo Hart Hunt jumps in the in the uh, I don't know what the hell this is a fire pit. I don't know. There was, a, there was another fight on in there like a haystack that I saw on on somebody posted on Twitter. They were fighting in between hay. It's ridiculous. But Hunt enters the the thing to talk shit and go face to face with Lombard. Lombard's like I ain't about them words. I'm about the action and just throws two fists at him. In the man, my man's street clothes. Hit him on both sides of the neck. Bare bang, bang. <laughs> yeah. And yo, Lorenzo was like, hey, man, what are you doing? And Lombard's like, ah. And then he starts chanting them. Like, this is so ridiculous. So Joey Beltran, main event, looking like a, an extra from American Me. Like, this shit was so. <laughs> then we had like a national anthem. It, man. Yo, why was the guy this, so this iced so out? Old. Or he was just golden out man, during the anthem. My man had his, he had a silk jumpsuit on with mad, he had pearls. Pearls and gold. What the fuck ever? Like, you just mixing pearls and gold now? And then, what is it? A couple weeks? We got Paige Van Zandt and Ray, Rachel Ostevich? Yo, yeah, Bare Knuckle is crazy. That's the one where uh, Blueface, Blueface is on it. Yeah, now the guy singing the anthem, I thought that was Chico Bling. <laughs> <laughs> Chico Bling? Oh, God. Yeah. Yo, yes, I remember Bling. Chico Bling. Chico Bling from Texas. Oh, yeah. I saw him on a random documentary that I listened to a couple of his songs. Shout out to Justin Ivey, who probably has a full collection of Chico Bling songs to this day. Oh, God. Oh, just his hip hop catalog, yo, especially from down south, is deep. I know Dust, Justin got some Chico Bling. He probably does. But yeah, that bare knuckle show was was bonkers. I was like, what am I watching? And I just couldn't take my eyes off it. I was like, I'm just going to keep watching it. Just It was stupid. There was like two girls fighting and Angela Hill, because, you know, it's BKFC. I guess one of them had like great big breasts. And Angie Hill like went on Twitter and was like uh, big knockers fighting championship. <laughs> I was like, yo, this shit is just bizarre, man. What am I watching? What, what am I oh, watching? The commentary man, I heard was bananas. Oh, God, the commentary is just. Yeah, stupid. I can't do it. Everything, do it. everything about this show was just. I'm going to watch the next one. It was one, a good. I'm, I'm watching PVZ one. 
Yeah, it was a good palate cleanser. Like, I just watched three really good fights. Real quick, Julio Cesar Martinez just mauled a guy. So, um, yeah. <laughs> just looked phenomenal doing it. But, but I was like, yo, I, I just watched three fights that were really serious. Really serious. You know what I'm saying? Big implications on weight classes and shit like that. And then I watched this nonsense. And I was like, all right, I'm good. Like, because <laughs> usually, usually... Usually after boxing like that, it usually after like MMA because I watched UFC earlier in the day, which we're about to talk about. Usually I'll turn on GCW. That's what I do. I, I try to catch up on GCW after that because that's my palate cleanser. It's like, all right, I can watch this. Bare Knuckle was my palate cleanser because I was like, this is stupid. I should have watched Rising too, but by that time I was just too tired. What a this is a lot of action. No action this weekend. Nothing to watch, but tons of watch this this week. It was crazy. <laughs> it gave us enough to last for two weeks. Um, let's yeah. hit the break. Come back. You mentioned UFC. Let's talk about UFC when we come back. We also have to talk PFL because they had a couple of big fights this week. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with MMA. We'll get right back to the show in a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going an extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back for the closing stretch, talking MMA. Before we jump into the UFC and the card that I got completely wrong in my predictions, we'll talk about PFL. No Clarissa Shields on this one, but... Spoiler alert, if you didn't watch, Kayla Harrison wrecked another person. So uh, she was going against Cindy, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she's Dandoas. Yeah, she's like Dan from, yeah, from overseas. Uh, Cindy's like super nice. I met her several times with UFC PR stuff. Nicest person. I knew she was getting wrecked in this fight. So you you look at it and Kayla Harrison just has no competition on that side. One of the people she might meet in finals, uh, the woman wrecked uh, her opponent on this card as well, back-to-back knockouts. And even then, I think she's no threat to Kayla Harrison. I don't know when Kayla would be even pushed to showcase her full arsenal of MMA skills. This time, she got Cindy on the ground, submitted her via armbar in the first round. Looked like she could have ripped her arm out of socket if she wanted to. It looked like she sunk the armbar in and went eh, 10% to get the tap crazy the strength the power everything there the raw tools are there i just she's not going to get tested in pfl where could she even go to get a test and can't she make 145 bellator yes she'll have to make 145 and fight cyborg eventually you think she's bellator too, gets she's her before good. ufc yes because who the hell is she gonna fight in the ufc i don't know though but amanda's still champ of a division that doesn't even exist no, but they have uh, the chick from Australia. Who, Megan Anderson? Megan Anderson. She's, she's, her contract ran out. 
Oh, they didn't renew it, huh? I don't think so. Oh, well, then I, I don't know. They'll build it. Yeah, exactly. They've, they've shown this. Mm. If you build it, they will come. Like, I, I don't know. They, they'll build around her. They won't give her rankings, they will, but they'll build it. Dude, around. they will throw, Bellator will throw the farm at Kayla Harrison to get a cyborg fight. That's I don't know if UFC will do the same. Like, Bellator will be like, yo, we, we got a shot. Let's do it. They'll spend the because the, Kayla's t- she's too good, she's too big, she's too strong, she's too everything. Yeah, she's the It'll evolved version of Ronda Rousey because she's making a mill yeah. every time she wins this tournament, so she ain't taking a yeah. pay cut. No, and I mean she's the evolved version of Ronda Rousey's. She like yep. she's evolved, and yeah, she's just bigger. Yeah, she's bigger, stronger, faster. She's scary. Nobody want to fight her. So no. bad for everybody. She's actually athletic. Like Rhonda's like Squirtle, and then she Kayla is definitely a Blastoise. <laughs> like it's all she she's not even not even the second evolution. No, nope, we're going straight to the God, damn. definitely Blastoise. You just call her Squirt. You call it compared Rhonda Rousey to Squirtle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's all right. Cool little glasses, Squirtle Squad. But yeah, no, no. There's levels to this, and Kayla's just on a different level. I don't think. I mean, she'll be gone by the time Clarissa even gets into the tournament. So, uh, dude, Clarissa's got such a long way to go to fight somebody like that. Such a long way to go. Kayla, when you're in a tournament, you can't really help it. Yeah, but I don't think Clarissa's going to be in a tournament soon. She's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I think she's she losing in a tournament. Two seasons away from a tournament. Yeah. Like, they got to get her some just random opponents before. Yeah, she's got a lot of work to do. She won that fight, but if she fights, you know, a really competent ground fighter. With some decent striking, could get interesting. Definitely, she was could have lost her fight. So you know, I don't see any any rush for Clarissa Shields. Kayla Harrison, she's already leaping some bounds ahead of the competition because it's not even fair. Yeah, it's it's just what's the competition like at that point? Like, how good is the competition? Because then we're looking at Clarissa, good and like, can't she, will she get washed? How good is the competition? Yes. Yes. Look, man, she fought somebody with a losing record and still struggled in her debut because MMA is hard. <laughs> like, that's no, it. M- <laughs> MMA is hard. So, yes, there is comp- – like, for Clarissa, absolutely. Because boxers coming in with no ground game, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's just a completely different world for them. And Clarissa's got a long way to go. She kind of understands how to sprawl. She don't really know what to do off her back. No. She just survived until she stood up again. Yeah. And there's other fighters who, you know, will mount her in a hurry. Yeah. So and actually sing in the Yeah. She got work to do. One person was completely cooked. Anthony Showtime Pettis. I don't I think it's just time to go to Hollywood and try to be in Fast and Furious 13 or something. Yeah, I mean, look, man, the guy was on the Wheaties box. Yeah. His peak. Now you can't win a fight in PFL. No. Meanwhile, Sergio Pettis is a champ. It's crazy. Yeah. Who knew Sergio would be the better Pettis brother? Uh, you know, time. Father time knew. He's like, I know what's up. But it, yeah, it's it's over for Anthony <laughs> Pettis. Done. Oh, Done so. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't even think he comes back for a second season. Like, he, he might just get beat up on. I mean, here's the thing about Anthony Pettis. He's one of those guys who rely purely on his athleticism. So he had a good foundation, but really now when you get older, 
if you don't understand that you're not as athletic as you were five years ago, then you don't make those adjustments. You still try to fight the same way. It's like when you get like, you know, as I got older, I can't do certain things that I used to be able to do. But if you continue to try to do them, you're not fixing anything because this younger generation of fighters or other fighters who've learned how to adjust are going to beat you at that game because you're not as good as you once were, but you still believe you are. Anthony Pettis still believes he can be the old Anthony Pettis. You can't. The thing about Floyd Mayweather, which I always go back to, Floyd, as he got older, his hands were fragile. He didn't try to be the same Floyd Mayweather. He adopted a new style. He adjusted. Roy Jones never adjusted. You have to learn how to adjust. Anthony Pettis still thinks he can be Showtime Pettis. That motherfucker's gone, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's long gone. Long gone. He should just try the Showtime kick just for the hell of it. No, nah, he'll probably like fall off the fence or something. Like you can't, you can't just do what you used to do. I right now, if I try, like no matter how much I work out, no matter how much I think my cardio is up, if I try to run a full court game of basketball right now, I'm gonna hurt. Oh, so let's I do it though. No, no, no. We ain't gonna do that. That's the side. But that was the last time you played a good game of ball. Side. Note. I I don't know. I don't have a clue. I haven't I haven't hooped in like so long. But like a decade. I know. Probably. I mean, I've <laughs> shot around at the gym, but no, I haven't yeah, ran. Yeah. We gotta like run run a game. Yeah, I haven't ran. Like fives. But it's like I know that I can't run like I used to when I was a kid. When I could just I could play like twelve. I we I used to play from like five to ten at night, nonstop. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I can't do that now. Right. And I have to adjust to that. I have to play the game differently. <laughs> you got, no, Dre's going to be on the court. Be like, yo, zone, two, three zone. Yeah, dog, like, I'm not playing. Yeah, I'm not man. I'm going to let you have that shot because I ain't running after that shit. <laughs> like, Long I, rebounds not, only. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that because I can't. My body can't adjust. I'm older. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't do what I used. I'm not as fast as I used to be. I can't do those things. No matter how much I work out, my body tells me differently. My body if I try to set up a game where you play. And does it have to be indoor? Because I know old people, like, they don't even fuck with outdoor games anymore. Man, in Vegas? In Vegas. Nuts. At night, it's beautiful. They used to have late night hoops or whatever. Or what was that? Late night heat or some shit. Look, I only play if it's a bunch of wash people playing with me. Because there ain't no way I'm playing with somebody that's been playing. No, I mean, they run all the time. But they're like our age. Like, you know, they, uh, I don't want to call them the old man games. Because now we in that age bracket. But, you know, they have like the 30, 35 and up games at Cheyenne, right across the street from Cheyenne, an outdoor park, which is dope. Or we got to go to the stupid uh, athletic club, the indoor joints, not even athletic club, the, the fancy gyms up in Summerlin. And there's one here in, in, uh, in Henderson where it's the indoor court and it's all nice and shiny and air conditioned. Yeah, see, I, I can do that with a bunch of wash people. I ain't gonna embarrass myself. But the, the whole point is, like, I, I just know that my body just can't do none of that shit anymore. And Anthony Pettis is out there trying it. And that's the funny thing. Like, you know, you talk about like basketball. You know how you know you're old and watching basketball, or you see somebody's old and watch when they don't play in shorts anymore. Motherfucker come out like a tracksuit. It's like, oh, oh shit. no, oh no, my brother. <laughs> no, no, no. I, oh, yo, I I've seen never it. get that washed. Oh no, the, sweat. The, listen, sweat. when I used to when I used to play as a kid, like all the time, there was this dude, and I don't know how old he was. To me, he was like super old. He always played in sweats, but that motherfucker would never miss buckets. <laughs> no, because you got to be dead nice when you do that too. Yeah, he he had handled. He would kill you in the post. He always wears, he had a slick, like he had like the slick hairstyle, but his name was James and James never missed. 
and I was just like, yo, he's playing in sweats and a t-shirt. Here I am, you know, running around my basketball shorts and my nice kicks. He didn't care. Knocking down shit from everywhere. But he played a different game. You ask James to run, you're like, get the fuck out of here. Give it to me in the post. Yeah, that's... Embody you. Anthony I... Pettis has no post game. That's, that's all I'm saying. Anthony <laughs> Pettis ain't got no post game. No, that's it. He's still trying to run the break. That's yeah. what I knew I was washed. Like, when it was a, a straight three-on-one break, and I slowed it up. Because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was like game number two or three. And then it was like, you, you see the people just hit the wings, bow. And they want me to take up to the top of the key, up the middle. And I'll just slow it down. I let the defense catch up. We'll figure this out in a half court. Yeah, we ain't doing this shit. No, no, I push at the break. Three-man weave? I ain't three-man weave since high school. Duh, you can weave these. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I'm pulling. A, I'm pulling a jumper on a three man. We ain't gonna yeah, be no three, layups. At three Pettis is a rap. I gotta organize one. We're gonna do it. Like <laughs> maybe Rat Pack comes into town or something, or we'll do like boxing versus MMA. I know like UFC staff plays. Top rank staff still plays too. So it's all right. We'll go out there. You know, wash a few people on the court. Don't wear sweat. No, no, I'm not wearing sweats. I'm just gonna be like, yo, set a pick. And somebody's like, what? Yeah, set a pick. I'm running <laughs> off these screens. <laughs> off the screens. I'm not taking nobody off the handle. Off screen. Nah, <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I think I could take people off the handle. I'm not the same. I probably can't. I'm probably I'll probably get blocked from behind. Be like, shit. Nah, it's jumpers, baby. The jumper never goes. It's fundamentals. I could I'll knock down a jumper from anywhere. That's it. You could if Pettis had a jujitsu game, he'd be straight. He'd do that same forever. Man. Man's had a showtime. He had a crossover. He ain't got that shit no more. Duh. You got to develop a post game when you get older. It's all bad. He got none of that. None of the big fundamental. So uh in the UFC. Switch it over. Um, good fights. I ended up watching the card this morning. Good fights. Um, I felt bad for Andre Feely. Because yeah. he he had one of his better fights to start off. All like It was just so good. He was so fluid. He was looking great. And then the eye poke happens against Daniel Pineda, and it's a no contest. And that's kind of shitty. At that point, I think like you kind of know where this is going. Just give him the way. It's accidental. Like it, it's just a shitty way to to end a fight where I think he was going to win. I think it was pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked good, and then that eye poke happened. It's like, well, fuck. Andre touchy feely. Oh well, I can't catch a break. So yeah. that that was rough. Um, let's see. I'm trying to go through the other main card. Tim Means picks up a win. Then we have Ovid St. Prue losing, getting crushed. Yo, what was he doing out there? I was like, you going to fight? You're just going to stand there and look at a guy all night. I think he just wanted to stand there and look at him. That's been his past couple fights, and I just forgot about it. Bulled he, over Bozer, beat his ass. He looks shitty at heavyweight. Yeah, he, and he still looks small. That's the other problem. He still looks small as a heavyweight, and the explosiveness is not there. Yeah. I was going to get, a, uh, you know, the Von Flu choke for a minute, but then that didn't happen. So I picked him to be Bozer, Bulldozer Bozer, wins on relatively short notice. Oh, well. Easy money. Yep. Took that win. Probably got a bonus. I didn't even see the bonuses for the night. I wouldn't be surprised if he got one. And then in main event, Cyril Gagne versus Alexander Volkov. Cyril was in control from the opening, from the opening claps that they use in UFC. He was never really in danger. Striking, it was just fluid, easy for him the entire way. And it proved beating Volkov like he did. I was like, okay, this guy is a legit title contender. Yeah, 
he's up there. And, you know, before last week we said, you know, I said there's nothing worse than heavyweight fights that go the distance. This was still good, though, because still again, he still had energy. He, he still looked very well conditioned. Volkov did, too. Yeah. He just couldn't catch him. I mean, like, Volkov landed. If you watch the fight, it didn't seem like this. But Volkov landed 115 significant strikes. Yeah, I mean, he fought well. But Cyril, the thing about Cyril that makes him a problem in this division is his variety of strikes that he throws. Like, he doesn't come in with the same entry point. Like, he'll fire off a jab or he'll do a lead hook or he'll step in with a knee. There's so much variety to his striking. For heavyweights, you don't see a lot of guys like that. And he's dangerous because of that. And I, and I like to see him fight. You know, some people say he's not ready for a title. So that could be true. I wouldn't mind see him fight Curtis Blades. I wouldn't mind see him to see him fight the loser of Ngannou and Derek Lewis because clearly that's the fight they're going to go with. What about? Stipe? I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Stipe, but Stipe ain't going to take that fight. That's too dangerous. Yeah, it's like you, I'm trying to get another title shot. <laughs> Don't fuck my shit up. Yeah. So Stipe Curtis Cyril's Blades in, is probably the way to go. So you mean Cyril and Curtis Blades? No, no, for Stipe. No, Stipe ain't fighting no goddamn Curtis Blaze. Stipe sat on the sidelines for a year last time. Just you think waiting. he's not going to Yeah, there's only two things that Stipe would do. John Jones and the winner of Ngannou Lewis. That's it. Mm. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see him fighting Cyril. I don't see him fighting Curtis Blaze. He's, he's a guy who he wants his third fight with Ngannou. That's what he wants more than anything else. And the John Jones fight would probably pay him a lot of money. But guess what? John Jones don't want that fight. He wants a title fight. Heavyweight division is funny right now. Real funny. Yeah, yeah, it's at least it has depth. It's not light heavyweight. No, get, it's solid. It's a solid division. Yeah, you get, you know, options going there. And and we'll see. But people want knockouts though. And Cyril didn't mm-hmm. deliver the knockout. So it's hard to really earn that title shot at heavyweight without those highlight reel statement knockouts. Because again, John Jones is going to insert himself whenever he wants. So you're on borrowed when time. When he's ready. You think yeah, ready? when John Jones comes? Oh, when he's ready. I mean, yeah, I think John Jones, he, I think he's ready. The money ain't ready. He ain't no. taking no bullshit fight. No. The money ain't ready. So that puts him at the end of this year. Maybe that December fight or the January fight, whatever the <laughs> Vegas fight is. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't it's know like how long years away. This one, it's crazy. Yeah, two years away. I don't, how, yeah, I don't think he's going to do that. It's kind of crazy. I, I don't know. He's I don't fight. think he takes a, a fight outside of that title fight. And Ngannou is just chilling. He's like in Dubai or some shit right now, like not even training. Yet. Yeah, he ain't worried about it. Like he looks at John Jones like food. Like that's how he's like. Whenever you make the money, I'll come fuck you up. That's what Ngannou thinks. Don't know if it'll happen. I just think that Ngannou looks at John is like, that better be my biggest payday, and I'm gonna blow you up. That's what oh, he yeah. thinks. He's gonna wrestle the hell out of him. Like, but John's gonna come in there and be like, no. Big but John boy. wants to get paid because that's Big a boy dangerous fight. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a dangerous fight. But the longer it goes, here. the more excuses John would have. Of course, he'd be like, "Yo, it was the layoff." And people have those excuses. New division, yeah. layoff, blah, blah, blah. No shock there. Yeah, so we'll see how that all plays out. That's our show for today, so that's how that played out. We appreciate you guys for listening, as always. Very fun getting here in front of Mike, talking everything from hip-hop to boxing to MMA. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you follow us on social media, 
at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hill on all platforms. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes on adfreeshows.com. Always fun, incredible guest. This upcoming week, we have none other than the amazing Effie. He's been everywhere lately. It was a fun interview. You guys don't want to miss that one at all. I promise you, you will enjoy it. And then, of course, shout out to Blue Wire, the network. Shout out to all of the sponsors. We love doing this. And until later in the week, Thursday to be exact, we're out. Peace.